Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to the Pewter Report podcast. I am Mark Cook, along with my boss, Mr. Scott Reynolds. Hello, hello. John Ledyard is up in the top left corner. Yes, sir, I am. Great to be here with you. You're like the Greg Brady of this uh, episode. You'd be in the top left. <laughs> and then down at the bottom is uh, bottom right is Cindy Brady, uh, the youngest of the Brady's, also known as Matt Matera, our producer on the show. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm great. This is pretty cool. We're going live. We're showing our faces. We got a new name for the podcast. This is awesome. Is it awesome? We're showing our faces. Yeah, that's not good. I've got to. I've got to do the uh, touch of men. I'm trying to get some gray in the beard. Should uh, ask everyone watching to do a power rankings of our faces. That's true. Feel free to comment and power rank the faces. Wow. Please. Wow. I'm dead last. (laughs) We know what that's going to happen there. Anyway, might be in um, a battle for that mark with myself. I don't know fellas. since you got since you got the haircut. Yeah, you're, uh, I was gonna you're say, looking pretty that good. Swings it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think me and Matt probably round out the bottom. Did you call me your hair today, Matt? Anyway, let's get started before I get yelled at by the bosses that be. Listen, we talked about it on Sunday after the game. This Tampa Bay football team is now three and one, but they are a wounded bunch, fellows. Um, a lot of injuries. We saw today, which is Tuesday, as we're as we're taping this. Of course, if you're watching it live, you know that. But um, top four wide receivers are out. That's a scary proposition. Um, who's healthy on this football team? Who's going to be able to play on Sunday? What do they do with just two running backs as of right now? It Cam Brate's healthy. That's that's a fact. I mean, this is a guy who who has hardly played any snaps at all. When you look at at uh, him coming in as the third tight end. And, uh, you know, he's actually played a lot less than I thought he would because we saw him play a whole bunch right. during training camp. I mean, he was getting involved in uh, in the offense as a receiver. He was getting involved as, as mm-hmm. a run blocker in the three tight end sets. And I thought we'd see a lot more of Cambridge. When we were at the stadium, Mark, for that, that scrimmage, he was featured a lot, caught a touchdown pass from Brady down there in the red zone. So you asked who's going to be available – for Thursday night, Cam Braid going back to his old stomping grounds. He's a, a Chicago, Illinois native. So, um, you know, you got him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be – there's going to be – not all those four wide receivers are going to be out of this game. You know, I think right. Mike Evans might not practice all week, but he's right. going to gut it out. I feel confident about that. I think – Scotty Miller's going to go. Yeah, I think sure. Scotty will go as well. You know, how, how 100% they are, we'll see. You know, I'm not sure Justin Watson will have to see what his status is moving closer. But, yeah, I mean, I'm – Tyler Johnson, let's see him. Like, let's see what Tyler Johnson can bring to the table. Like, to me, when I think about guys that have a great opportunity to step up on a short, he's the only guy that's 100%, you know. So he's been out there now a couple games. He, yeah, he dropped a pass the first time, got negated by a penalty, but hasn't really picked up many targets or anything, you know. So I think this is his time. I think we're going to see Tyler Johnson do some things, and hopefully they're good things, but I think he's going to get opportunities to do good things. Um, and I think that uh, it's a big stage for him, going to be a national stage for him. And I think he's going to make some splash plays. It was Keyshawn Vaughn who got uh, you know his first touchdown last week and and really got pressed into service when LaShawn McCoy was was yeah. injured with his sprained ankle. And then, of course, Leonard Fournette didn't play. So that moved him up to the depth chart. Gosh, right now he's the number two back right mm-hmm. behind Rojo. If Leonard Fournette can't go, um, that, that's going to be a game time decision is what it sounds like. And uh, and and then LaShawn McCoy. So they could be entering this game with two 
running backs. I asked Byron Lepwich today in the conference call who their emergency third string running back is. If it was Jordan Whitehead who actually played <laughs> some running back and safety. Right. And, or Devin and, White. Devin White, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I was yeah. thinking about that, too. Couldn't it possibly be Cam Braid? I mean, I know they need him as the backup tight end as well, but last year, he they, the Bucks don't have a fullback, but when they do put uh, a fullback in the backfield. It's usually Cam Bray that played that role. So in this emergency situation, which we hope we don't see, I could see it potentially being Cam Bray just getting a snap just to, I guess, make the defense read their keys. I don't know. On the play you know like what? I'd Mark, like to see Scotty Miller. Miller. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, do you remember back in 1997, the season opener, Bucks versus 49ers, they, the Bucks drive all the way down to the one-yard line. Right. And instead of handing the ball to, you know, this guy named Mike Allstott, right. who would end up leading the Tampa Bay franchise in touchdowns, Mike Shula decides to get cute and hands the ball off to rookie tight end, who was that blocking fullback for the A train, Patrick Hate, who Hate. fumbled yep. on the one yard line. Remember yep. that? Yep. So, Alabama, yeah. And, Patrick Hate. And, yep. Yeah. In my opinion, uh, leave it to the professionals. If you've, if you've you know taken carries, and that's why I said even Jordan Whitehead, at least he's he's got some ACC action in his history mm-hmm. running the ball. But I think really, if it, you know, we saw two running backs go down on Sunday with Lashawn McCoy and and Ken John Varner. If uh, if they're in that situation again, something happens to Rojo and Keyshawn Vaughn, you just go five wide and just four verts, right? I mean, yeah, at that I mean, point in time, you you become as one dimensional, yeah, and your screen, your, your screens essentially become a running play. You just run a ton of bubble and yeah. get the ball to Scotty quickly, and that that turns into your run game, even though it's technically a pass. And, well, that differs for the game plan too. I mean, right? This is like Tom Brady was brought in for you know, it doesn't matter who's it, the skill position players really. Like, I mean, obviously it helps to have those guys out there, but. This team has found success by throwing the football first and foremost. We saw it just a, a little while ago. There's a graphs put out by Hayden Winks of Roto World. He was saying that the Bucs have been shooting up in terms of neutral situation, passing first and second downs. So staying aggressive, Amen. which is what Amen. we've talked about, right? We've been harping for that. And the play action passing was up this past week, nine attempts as opposed to six each of the first three games. Brady was nine for nine in those situations for 130 some yards, two touchdowns, ridiculous numbers. They've been shredding teams with that and getting tons of chunk plays off of it. So uh, to me, it's like, man, I, you know, I think all these other things are great and the O line's great. And I definitely, I'm sure I want to be able to run the football, but this is Tom Brady's team now. And they got to play like that. That's their identity of this offense, in my opinion. They have to play like that every single week, no matter who's at the skill position players. I put the ball in Tom's hands, let him make plays and stay aggressive on offense. Don't, you know, create this game plan. Oh, we're without this guy or this guy, you know, no OJ, no Chris Godwin, no Mike Evans, or Mike Evans is banged up or whatever. So we're gonna, you know, be a shell of of ourselves. No, like stay aggressive. Um, gas gas all the way down. I think that pedal all the way down. And I think that this is still a game they can put up points in. Bears defense is good, but I just think Tom Brady is just better, in, in, especially in this type of a situation. Yeah, and I was going to say the same thing, John, that 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 is your best game plan to go, you know, four or five wide and, and throw mm-hmm. the ball all over the field because I don't know that they're going to run the ball very effectively against this team, uh, against this Bears team. Look, Bruce talked about it, and he mentioned it to Stacey Dales, I think, or, or one of the reporters, the national reporters today on the conference call. It said, yeah, you know, I think we're really running the ball at a really good clip. Well, 
Yes, last Sunday you were, but the previous three weeks, it was not very impressive. You had not broken the 100-yard mark, I don't think, well, Leonard uh, certainly not by an individual. Yeah, that's right. Leonard Leonard let's had a good forget. game. We, Late let's in the not game. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, 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 but he put that one away. But I mean, they weren't. Mm-hmm. that was not a running threat in the first three quarters in that game, really. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, I, I, they're not – they didn't just all of a sudden turn a corner, I don't think. And, Scott, we've seen this. Everybody's asked me um, – not everybody, but a few people have said, is this the best – offensive line performance you've seen from the Buccaneers in quite a while. And I'd say, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Last week was as good and as clean of a game as an effective game from the offensive line as we've seen in a long time. But Scott, we've seen those games before where Jameis Winston didn't get sacked and barely got hit. Mm -hmm. And they followed up the following week with a disappointing thing. So I want to see more than one week of Ronald Jones with a hundred yards. I want to see more than one week of, of Tom Brady not being sacked. This is probably not the week that that's going to happen. But if they can limit it to one or two sacks and, and, and as you know, between, between Vaughn and, and, and Rojo, if they can get uh, near that hundred yard mark, I think that would be effective enough for them to win. Yeah, and you talk about running the ball, and really you're running it into the, the teeth of the Bears' defense, uh, pun intended. I mean, you're looking at Akeem Hicks, who is uh, is, a, is a load up front, mm-hmm. and and then Khalil Mack certainly can get after the the quarterback. But uh, Don't forget Eddie Goldman from Florida State. Okay, All right. he we'll, we'll he, opt, he opted he opted out, didn't he? He opted out. So. Yeah. yeah, they've got they've got Bolil Nichols in there though. He's a heck yeah. of a yeah. yeah, he's a heck of a run stuffer too. So. It is tough. It is tough to run on the Bears. They, you, you know, defensively they've played well in general. I think this season, yeah. uh, Jalen Johnson, the rookie corners, played great. Cal Fuller, they've got great safety play. Eddie Jackson is a ball hawk. You have to be mindful of him. A little bit tougher to hold Eddie Jackson in the middle of the field like Tom Brady was doing yes. to the Chargers and the Sierra Adderley this past week. And so that's going to be something they're going to have to be mindful of. Certainly, opportunistic group, and they play a lot of zone, and it'll help you when you're jumping routes and things like that. So something to be aware of. But I mean, at the same time, like there hasn't really been like a team that's matched up well with even when the Bucks, I mean, they've been at full strength really week one, maybe. And Evans wasn't hundred percent. And so we haven't even seen them at half strength or whatever. They've been a team really match up well with the weapons that they have. I mean, even if you double Mike Evans, there's the, you know, tight ends going off and obviously no OJ Howard now, but I just think it's a situation. Scotty Miller's becoming such a threat, and it's not just the deep ball, though. That's a big part of it. Um, right. You know, he's been able to do stuff in, effectively in the short game too. So I think all those pieces matter, and all those pieces are why it's really hard to match up with the Bucks' weapons, and why staying aggressive is important. But the running backs catching the football has to be more of a short thing. These are like short yeah. runs, right? That get you in manageable second and third down situations. When you do throw on first down, you have to check down. And the running backs have seven of the team's 13 drops, and that's not even counting the Barner play. I don't know if they felt bad about the concussion, so they didn't give him a drop (laughs) on that one. But that's not even counting that play. This team has to get more and better hands out of the running backs. It's wasted downs when when you throw to Mm. running backs and they don't catch the ball, right? And if these running backs want to run the ball, well, guess what? If you do that on first down and you drop the ball, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's a, a you know, like a, a Texas route or whether it's a wheel route or just a, a flare to the to the sidelines. Would you do that? You're in second and 10. And now all of a sudden you're you're probably not going to run the ball. I mean, unless you're Byron left, which mm-hmm. you probably call a run anyways in second and 10. But I'm just saying it's, uh, you know, if you want to run the ball, you better catch the ball well, too, and and stay ahead of the sticks because, it, you know, it's second and 10 can quickly become third and 10. Now it is without a doubt a passing down. And um yeah, I'd, I'd like to see 
It, and John, you've alluded to this in your book's briefing comps. It, catching the ball is one thing, but we haven't seen mm-hmm. any of these running backs do anything with the ball after yeah. they've caught it, except yeah. literally pick up a couple of yards. It's been very right. pedestrian, whether it's the the third down back, LaShawn McCoy, whether it's Leonard Fournette, who has a history of, the, of not doing much in the uh, the screen game or even just the, the outlet uh, receiving game, going back to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. We've seen instances where Ronald Jones does well with screen passes, but uh, without blockers in front of him, you know, we just haven't seen him be nearly as effective making guys miss and right. and picking up a first down uh, once he has the ball in his hands from Tom Brady. And we saw Keshawn Vaughn do a little bit of that or sneak Vaughn, as I know you like to call him Scott and Mark, I think you're advocating yeah. for that sneak Vaughn nickname to raise that. Be called that though. He, no, like, he, he said, said he, I want people to call me that. No, he did not. He said he told his players, his teammates to call him that. He did not say, Matt, Mark, Scott, and John, please call me Sneak. <laughs> that is a then, no, he wanted to call that? I mean, his Instagram name is Sneak Vaughn. He clearly wants the yeah. public to know that he's he Sneak also Vaughn. has that on Twitter, too. Yeah. No, I think it's Sneak we're not, Vaughn, Mark. No, it's yeah. not Sneak. There is, is no Sneak. Seems politically the, correct to use the word. They already yeah. have a running back named Shady. What's the difference? I, have you ever heard me say Shady McCoy? No. Yeah, I would not go up. But everyone else has. No, like go would you go up? Would you go up to Lashawn McCoy? Would you go up to Lashawn McCoy and say, "Hey, Shady"? He would probably he's not your friend. He's not your. He's okay. not, we right, don't so get to on, go nicknames. Mark, let's rewind for a second. Let's rewind. Um, this was a former defensive tackle out of LSU, number one draft pick by the Buccaneers in the Tony Dungy era. Lined up at nose tackle right next to Warren Sapp. <laughs> Last name McFarland. Mm-hmm. First name. Anthony. First name Anthony. No, <laughs> Booger. Booger no Anthony. Look, I did. I did radio shows. You've, you've never called Anthony, Anthony McFarland. You've, all, you've called Every him Booger time. McFarland. Every you've time. called him Booger McFarland. I was on the radio with McFarlane. him. I filled in for Rich Herrera multiple times doing a show with Anthony. And you called him Booger. Anthony. Anthony Booger McFarland. Yes, absolutely. Every time now, you're like, "Hey, Anthony Booger." Differences. I want to ask you a question. Differences. Differences. No, you didn't. You said Booger. Differences. Differences. Difference is, yes, right you're right. You, you can, and and actually, that's what's in my phone too. Is Booger. Yeah, well, Gatsby too. Don't even get me started on that. You call, it's no different from Seminoles. And do, 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 do you? Zero do you, That's a good point. Did that's you say Jabu? Did you call Jameis J Jabu? But that's Did not you, like a you, regular nickname for James. no. It Every literally, it literally is his Twitter and all of his social media handling. Going back to what you said right, about but more people call him Jameis and they do Jabu. Like people you don't call Shady on a regular basis. People listeners, sound off in the comments. Bucks. What do you Please. think? You don't. Do we call him Sneak Vaughn? Not the Buccaneers, the Bucks. No. no, we are going to be professional and we're not going to use nicknames. Would you bet on us not using that nickname again? No, you will now. I know you will. I know Scott Reynolds. The only reason he called That's he mentioned Sneak today make. was to get on my nerves. I know would, Scott. Would he that will, be one of your he's bets, He's always Scott? the contrarian, contrarian. He's going to always yes. be that Actually, way. I did. I, I admitted that in our in our yes. private group chat. That, I knew. Uh, I knew during the did. conference call, I called yes. him sneak. sneak. I, I said sneak just just to get under your skin. But yeah, yes, that, yeah. Mark, that's that's a bet I'm going to take. And I'm not going to brag about all of my winnings. I did that in the last podcast. Um, so, but you know, I'm up two hundred dollars uh, after a good eight days. Uh, and listen, the great thing is, is you can be two Buck fans and Pewter Reports. Uh, readers and listeners unless you've been living under a rock the nfl is back and the nba playoffs are here 
So is the baseball postseason. That can only mean one thing. It's winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting money on it. Sometimes I get a gut feeling about a matchup. Sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, and I've done that the last couple weeks with K-State, it's worked out pretty well. But regardless, whether you've been betting for years or whether you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season, whether it's the biggest online selection of bets and props that get you excited. Listen, for me, it's the easy payouts. Uh, you win and you withdraw your cash. It's simple. Right now, they've got a $100,000 super contest for only a $10 entry, and they're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to invest your sports knowledge with this kind of potential return on your investment. 10 bucks to win thousands? Sign me up. And you can sign up, too, at MyBookie. Use the promo code PEWTER to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to $1,000. You enter the promo code PEWTER. That means if you put 100 bucks in, they're going to give you $100 to play with. So it's an easy way to jumpstart your bankroll. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, they've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started on your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. And, and I think my bookie is the way to go. Do not, uh, you know, I mean, if you're desperate and you want to go with my cookie, you can. But I just want to let you know, I will front you the money. But if you don't pay, uh, I will send Matt Matera and some of the Massapequa, New York guys to collect. That doesn't happen with my bookie. You have to That's put true. the money in. They match it. So when it's yeah. gone, it's gone. They're not fronting you any money except that initial deposit. Promo code Pewter. Use that and they're going to double your initial deposit. Very good. All right, what is on tap next? Um, last week wasn't the greatest performance by the secondary. I mean, we knew Justin Herbert was good, right? I mean, we all saw the film from Oregon, and we thought, yeah, he's you know he's a talented guy. He's he's fairly athletic. He's got a strong arm. But I wrote in our in our preview, and probably even talked about it on last week's podcast. Todd Bowles was going to blitz this guy crazy. He was going to harass him. He was going to confuse him. Um, yeah, he didn't confuse Justin Herbert a whole lot, and and they did blitz him quite a bit, or, or they didn't really probably as, uh, enough initially, uh, but they did do more in the second half. But um, guess he played well, but was it more Justin Herbert playing well, or was it the Buccaneers secondary having some major slip ups, or was it just bad timing on the blitz? There were some major slip ups in the secondary. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think you watch the touchdown pass uh, to to Jalen Guyton. The, yeah. the one to Jalen Guyton in the second half, which, by the way, this is a weird second half. They had that 72-yard touchdown pass. Then other than that, they averaged like two yards per play the Chargers did yeah. in the second half. So the Bucks defense actually did some really good things in the second half. I think that blitz actually would have gotten home. Devin White tripped over somebody and yeah, fell he before close. he got yeah. to hurt, right? He would have been close. But Chalmer V. Bundy just got beat. And I don't think – one thing I don't know, and I'm going to be honest, I don't know, watching the play again, it looks like cover zero, but they're still – Antoine Winfield is kind of still hanging out. I'm not sure if he should have stayed deep on that. I'm not sure what he's looking at in that play. I know Pro Football Focus did not dock him for that. So I need to ask around and try and figure out. I was hoping to be able to ask somebody this week in one of our calls about that play and what exactly went wrong and if Sean Murphy Bunting was expecting help. But either way, Murphy Bunting definitely got flat out beat, even if he's expecting yeah. help um, and got and then missed the tackle that would have prevented the touchdown. So was, that was didn't that, help either. I, was that the touchdown when the Panthers went to? I'm sorry, the Panthers, the Chargers went to max protect, uh, or I know on one of them they kept both tight ends yeah. and were kind of max protect. Which that was you know, you, you you think as as a, as a, 
as a safety in that situation, there's not a lot of receiving options out there. You know, they're going to be bringing heat. You know, it's, I, it it might've just been a mental lapse as much as anything. I mean, Sean Murphy bunting can cover that guy, right? I mean, this is a kid that I think played at Stetson or DeLand, some small Florida school. One of those receivers that scored is, is from, you know, some local Mm -hmm. college around here that didn't even realize had a football program. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, again, I think it, it was, it was the chart. We got to give the chargers offensive game plan a little bit of credit because they put, they, they really mm-hmm. challenged uh, Todd Bowles in that first half with, with some of their play calls and, and they and won you know, the test I, match a time or two. Yeah. And I think the thing with Sean Murphy bunting that, that is important to, to point out, and I'm not trying to give him a pass, right? He was out there. He was, he was dressed when you're dressed, you got to play, but mm-hmm. This is a guy that that did miss significant time in that Denver game. I think he went out at the end of the first quarter or so, but missed the second half. So he was dealing with the hamstring and groin injury, and he did practice a little bit. It was enough to get him to game day, and he went ahead and played, but I don't think that we saw a 100% Sean Murphy bunting in terms of of his health, and maybe that just was enough to make him a, a tick slow on that deep route. And then the other touchdown he gave up to, uh, to Parham was, I mean, I think he had pretty good coverage. It just, he just he got didn't big, get his head around. He just yeah. got big boyed a little bit at the end. He actually had his hand up there and, you know, yeah. trying to yeah. rip the ball out, but it's just, just good play by, by Herbert right. and the receiver on both of those. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I really can't fault Sean Murphy bunting for that. I think if he's, if he didn't have that injury in Denver, and that still happened. Uh, I might be a little bit harder, but I'm going to give him a little yeah. bit of a pass, just because. Well, I mean, hey, when when you got a guy taking you 70 yards, right? I mean, and and you you're not at 100. Uh, percent Those kind of things can happen. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think I don't think ahead, explosive. Thank you. I don't think those explosive plays are going to happen again. I mean, like you kind of mentioned, John. That that last bomb for a touchdown, that was the only points that the Bucks allowed in the second half. Yeah. So you you look forward to Thursday's matchup. I mean, Justin Herbert played really well. And I know there's there's this aura around Nick Foles, but that was from Nick Foles that won the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. Now that the pressure is on him and he's the guy, he's he always played well when you know when there's no pressure on him. You look at the Bears' offense, they scored 11 points last weekend, and they do have Allen Robinson, who's a very talented receiver. But, like, are you telling me that Jimmy Graham is going to beat the Bucs in coverage? You know, mm. I just – I think yeah. the Bucs, when they got more aggressive in the second half and they were able to get to the quarterback, as long as this team plays aggressive, they're not going to make all those big play mistakes all the time. It was a slip-up, mm-hmm. and it, it almost – like it's never a good thing, but it was a wake up call for the fact that they won. And now they're going into a short week. They cleaned some of that stuff up. Uh, the bears are a team just, just from watching them that the bucks have had a good start so far, where if they get off to another good start, go up seven, nothing, go up by two scores, let the defense just do their thing and cook. And they're going to be successful in this game just by staying aggressive again. Well, the one thing that, that I'll say is, is I think for the Buccaneers, what helps out is, is that it's Nick Foles playing and not, not Mitch Trubisky because Mitchell Trubisky just has the Buccaneers number. I mean, you go back to, <laughs> to two years ago, six touchdowns, no interceptions, um, 354 yards. And that was all in the, first, uh, in the first quarter, too. I mean, I remember amazing. rewatching yeah. that game and thinking that yeah. might have been the worst defense so, I've ever seen in my life. 
I, I think it's a blessing that that Nick Foles is playing, uh, and Foles has had some success against the Bucks too. But but thank well, God, well the Buccaneers Mr. Buccaneers beat him last week. He started in that game uh, with Jacksonville last year before they brought in uh, yeah. the Mustachioed one. Uh, he was no yeah. threat to the Buccaneers defense last year, and that was really right. one of those turnaround games, right? It was one of those games where the Buccaneers defense finally kind of started playing um, to the potential that we saw as the as the year yeah. went on. Devin and then White picked early him off. this year. In the first half, yeah. and then got the touchdown yeah, the when yeah. when this yeah scoop and score when Shaq yep. Barrett's uh, strip sacked him. So he should have picked yeah. six, but he slipped down. I think uh, I think because he could have had two touchdowns in that game. Yeah, because he slipped after he made the interception, right. or he might have scored. But um, yeah, anyway, but I'm just, saying, it, just thank God Mitchell Trubisky's not playing. That that's all. That's he, the first time that's ever awesome. been said by an opposing team. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not fear Mitchell Trubisky, Scott. I, that that was Mike Smith and uh, it was and, awful. And it was yeah, absolutely was bad, awful. But, I'm not going to name the name. I'm not going to name the name, but but I I talked with a, a prominent defensive coach on another team, and I asked him to watch the All 22 after that debacle, that Mike Smith debacle. Monty Kiffin and uh, I'm not going to name names, but it was not Monty Kiffin. It was okay. it was somebody who's Bill actually Cowher? current. So, uh, not not going to name names. Bill Parcells. Uh, Matt, I'm not going to name names. I'm going to tell Brady you Morris? though. I'm not going to name names. Chuck Knoll. It's Chuck Knoll for sure. Damn it, Mark. You got me. Yes. <laughs> I knew yes. it. I, I, I seanced Chuck Knoll. And, Rest in peace, Chuck. Rest in and peace. Uh, the spirit of Chuck Knoll told me that what a god-awful game plan that was by Mike Smith. <laughs> and really, few, what, what happened was, was the, the Bears went so much max protect in that game. Eric knows. And, yeah, it Yes, he went, thank you, Eric. They went so much max protect in that game. And if you go back and look, Quan Alexander and Levante David did not come, right? It's like when when you're pretty much a man coverage, you're even like, like in underneath zone, and the running back and the tight end stay in the block, your linebackers have to come, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because otherwise you're rushing four against six or seven. And, well, in this case it was, it was seven. Uh, and you're just you're not going to get home. And what happened was 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 Quan and Levante were basically just planted about five yards off the line of scrimmage, watching Mitch Trubisky throw the ball over their heads. He was uh-huh. hitting medium routes, uh, you know. Uh, and MJ Stewart and Vernon Hargraves were out there, I believe, if I recall yes. correctly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. MJ Stewart had an awful day. That was the day where he really got exposed. But yeah. but really, but the, the thing with Mike Smith is is that was like eleven on nine. I mean, it was. Yeah, it's like Quan and Levante were bystanders that game because of the awful game playing by Mike Smith. And then so you flipped around. The, Khalil Mack had a had a monster game in that game yeah. as well. He was. Uh, Team Hicks do, did yeah. too as well. So yeah, it was not so one of the things all. that I think is interesting about Nick Foles playing is just that Nick Foles is just a more aggressive quarterback. You know, that can be one of the better things or one of the worst things about his game. I mean, he will he will put the ball down the field. I mean, that's how they won uh, what week three when they came back and won. He was just taking shots down the well, field. They also played the Atlanta Falcons, plays. John. You got to sure. You, you can't leave that out of right. the equation, too. Right, but they'd have gotten trounced by those Falcons if Trubisky stayed in the game True. just because he just doesn't have the so. Foles will recognize matchups, put it up, let guys have a chance to make plays. I think it's an opportunity for we need to see Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting playing the catch point better. That is the biggest thing. I think those guys have been in. Great position and coverage the vast majority of the year. I've take, I'll take what they've done in terms of being in position all day against any corner group in the league. 
but at the catch point, they have not been as if we've seen it with Sean Murphy bunting and the, the back shoulder throw we saw with the touchdown the other day. Again, it's a good throw. It's good coverage, but find the football, get the football. Even if you don't turn your head, play through the hands, get the football out. Carlton Davis has been his big thing. The other day, Keenan Allen, I know it's a great throw. It's a great catch by Keenan Allen, but Carlton doesn't really get up. you got to challenge the catch point, and you're going to have to do that. I mean, Carlton's probably going to be – on Allen Robinson the majority of this game, if yeah. not for the entire game, and they'll move him around some, but that hasn't – Carlton's been trailing guys this season, and that hasn't phased him. So, you know, I think that's going to be the matchup to watch, obviously. The Bears do have other good receivers that need to yeah. be noted. Anthony, Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller. I was going to say. Darnell Anthony Mooney, Miller, too. Anthony Miller's a guy with his mm-hmm. speed that if Sean Murphy Bunting doesn't get healthy and doesn't play better, that could be a matchup that that the Bears try to exploit. Yeah, and Darnell Anthony, Mooney. Anthony Miller's uh, got some Jets. Yeah, and Darnell hey, Lee's uh, quick too, and he yeah. can make plays down the field. Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Uh, you know, this is an offense with weapons for sure, and their offensive line's not terrible. I know they didn't play well last week, but you know that's a good group that's played together for a while. Um, so it is really a matter of making Nick Foles uncomfortable. I think not only just in the pocket, but also with the way you discuss coverages and your ability to contest those 50-50 balls that he absolutely will put up there. I believe, and so if they can do that. I think they can have success. But the offense is kind of like has a lot of pieces. Just no quarterback. And so I think that yeah. this is a good team without a quarterback and therefore without really a direction um, and an identity really to themselves. And so I think that's a big, big part of the problem for them right now. I'm not a fan of David Montgomery either. He doesn't really scare me. I think he's kind of a pedestrian back. Yeah, he's he's pretty pedestrian. I agree. And I think he was pedestrian coming out and was was yeah, overrated. I, I, I don't think him. they have the juice at running back to really be well, yeah, a big that, without Tara Cohen. Tara Cohen was a huge loss for them because right. he was that that guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, do some gadget things and really bring some speed uh out of the backfield. And I think David Montgomery saw him plenty at Iowa State back in you know, watching Big Twelve football and I just didn't buy the hype. He just yeah, doesn't have that same. second gear and the explosiveness. Well, we do have one question here. Anthony wants to know how we think uh, we think uh, Werfs has played so far, and how we think he'll, he'll hold up against Khalil Mack. Mark, what are your thoughts so far? I know you've seen some Werfs, and, and come Matt, on, you've no, seen no, no, some wait, Werfs hold, hold, as well. Hold, we're going to we're going to skip Mark. We're going to go to Matt Matera, who who said Tristan Werfs was his unsung hero oh, was, on today's right. PR roundtable. So yes, Matt, take he, it away. He was my unsung hero. He's getting a little more attention now. So I think in like by a week or two, he won't really be as unsung anymore. But I mean, you look at this guy. He's a rookie that comes into the league with no offseason. Everyone has to deal with that. When you're playing position at right tackle and you go up against the premier pass rushers that he has gone against so far. Going Cam up against Jordan week one. Cam, Cam Jordan, Jordan week, week one thrown right into it and did a very good job. Uh, Joey Bosa was essentially invisible last week. I mean, they're relying on Tristan Wirfs, and they don't even – Brian, Brian Leftwich said it best where he's like, I don't have to say his name, so that's how you know he's doing a good job. Good you point. don't even think that this guy is a rookie. He just goes yeah. in there, and he does his job, and he's kicking ass. He's doing very well. They were, The Bucks are running the ball to his side. I mean, they had more success with Ronald Jones' 111-yard game. They had more success running to the right-hand side, even though yeah. – on the left-hand side, they have Ali Marpet, who was also an unsung hero by someone else on this list. You can't say enough how good Kristen Wirfs has been. I mean, he's yeah. everything that the Bucks have wanted him to be when they drafted him. He's passed with flying colors, but, I mean, there's no question this is the biggest matchup that he's going to have uh, so far in his career, without question. 
Yeah. Well, and and not, no, not only because Khalil Mack's so good, but because it's it's the run game too. Like Khalil Mack is so dominant in all phases. And Bosa is too. But I do think Bosa has this weakness in his game that I'm amazed Worfs took advantage of. Bosa just loses his balance. Like I love yeah. Bosa. I think he's he's great. But I wrote coming out his one weakness is that he loses balance. He just gets over his over right. his toes and, and loses and John, balance. In your Bucks briefing, Colin, which which you gotta read. You gotta read on PeopleReport.com. Yep. Uh the PR roundtable today just came out and the Bucks briefing. You, you show multiple videos of of Joey Bosa just getting ragdolled uh by Tristan Worth, just taking crazy. him right to the ground, snatching <laughs> trap and just yeah, just it's crazy. Really mauling Joey Bosa. Yep. Yeah, it was crazy, and it was crazy to watch the physicality. Worfs went into that matchup and knew exactly what how. I mean, you could tell he'd studied him. He knew what Bosa was going to try to do, and it'll be the same thing with Mac. But what's what's crazy about Mac is that I think he's just so like there's just he's never on the ground, and and Bosa right. like you could say you know Worfs put him there more often, but he's still a player that you know he'll get a couple sacks and he'll also be in the ground a handful of plays. Mac's never on the ground, and right. and technically he is just so dominant and so physical. Um, with his rush game, but also Mac will take inside pass to the quarterback so yeah. quickly. And that's where I think if there's one area worse has been weak in, that's where I worry about it a little bit. So maybe crossing his face is something you have to be mindful. But I honestly I feel good about Werfs. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel great yeah. about it. I think somebody said, you know, we got a comment here that says it argue besides Marpet and Jensa, he's our best O lineman. And I'd agree. And I think Kappa's played really well. And I think Donovan Smith last two weeks has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, man, I mean, I, Werfs is that good. I mean, he doesn't look like a good player right now. He looks like he could be a special player right now. That's the caliber of play he's shown so far. John, in the last Peter Report podcast, you were banging the drum that this guy should be in consideration for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, what, on, on, Thursday night, on Thursday night against Khalil Mack, if he has the type of performance that he did against Cam Jordan week one and Joey Bosa last week, uh, that's a drum that you got to bang even louder. Oh yeah, you're jumping, you, you're jumping the gun on my Friday content. That's my okay. plan right Scott, there. If you Scott, play- <laughs> Scott, you know how you don't want to mention the kicker's name. I'm afraid that we're mentioning Tristan Worf's name way too much as the he gets ready. Kicker? Yeah, yeah, his name's Sign Ruckup. They didn't go for two every time last game. It was your fault he missed the 44 yarder, Mark, because you kept bringing him up on the last podcast. That's right. Yeah, South end zone too. Way to go, Mark. Bradley Pinion's fault. He's not a very good holder. I hope you're an unsung hero. And yeah, actually, yeah, good for you, Mark. That was a hell of an yeah. unsung hero because yeah. awesome. um, not only has he been just killing on kickoffs, uh, and he's a, he's a steady holder. And I guess you're going to blame him for the miss. But yeah, outside of that, when he's been steady, um, but but really, I mean, he played a huge role in in the Bucks' comeback yeah. by by pinning the Chargers. In so deep, right before halftime, of course, Anthony mm-hmm. Lynn with the assist, right, uh, just deciding not to take a knee and just hand off the ball. Let's have our rookie running back receive a handoff from a rookie quarterback. What can go wrong uh, in Damakasue? But if if it wasn't for for Pinion dropping that punt in there, that play doesn't happen, and yeah. the Bucks comeback might not happen. So, yeah. kudos to you. That was a hell of an unsung hero pick, Mark. Yep. Hey, we want to make sure that if you are watching this, you go ahead right now and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on any of the other platforms, um, go to YouTube, look up Pewter Report, YouTube Pewter Report TV. Any Google search of that will find us. Uh, Click on it and make sure to subscribe. We're trying to build our subscriber base Uh, on that station. You'll be able to go back and watch these podcasts. You can go back and watch some of the draft casts. There's even a few with uh, Trevor with his man bun on there 
We've got some What's Cooking videos from the past. If you guys like Cam Braid, he was uh, a guest two years in a row and was terrific on that show. Uh, yes. But check out our check out our Pewter Report YouTube channel. Uh, again, Pewter Report TV. Google Pewter Report TV. Uh, check it out and make sure that you subscribe. Something else I want you guys to check out. I want you to check out the weather forecast because now this little tropical disturbance I mentioned on Sunday is now a Category 3, possibly a Category 4 hurricane going right through the Yucatan, heading up north. Looks like it's going to avoid the state of Florida, which is wonderful. But we can't ever guarantee what the tropics are going to do or, or what the Atlantic hurricane season is going to look like. But I know there's one place where you can protect all of your assets, everything you've got, and that's Briar Greaves. They're family-owned and operated for three generations, 30 years uh, serving the greater Tampa Bay area. They're an award-winning agency. And what I love about them is they sell all lines of personal and commercial insurance from home, auto, boat, life, flood, um, commercial insurance, whatever it is, they can take care of it for you. We mentioned last week, they even insured dresses. Um, I, I'm going to call them about some of my dresses if they'll maybe insure those. Um, but you need to give them a call. Let me give you the phone number right now so you can call either Sam or Briar. And that phone number is 813-876-4166. 876-4166. Area code 813. Call Sam. Call Briar. Uh, and as I mentioned, we're still in the thick of hurricane season. I'm sure you have a policy now, but why not give them a call? Go over your deck page. Let them see if they can beat your price. Maybe they can save you some money. Even if it's only a couple hundred dollars a year, that's extra money in your pocket. And uh, and let them quote you on other lines of insurance as well. And uh, renter's insurance. People forget about that too, guys. Just because you know, you're know you renting a place and there's uh, insurance on the physical structure of the building by the person who owns it doesn't mean any of the contents inside are going to be covered in case there's a fire or a theft or a flood or an alien invasion or... Uh, um, whatever that Walking Dead show, zombies. I mean, you know, you can get insured for all of those things. Call Sam, call Briar. Again, that phone number is 876-4166-876-4166. All right, we're going to wrap it up. You know what I'm doing tomorrow? What is tomorrow? Tomorrow is Wednesday. Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow That's the day that you you manscape? Uh, No, that that is not actually what I do on Wednesdays. Um, I don't, don't, I'm not sure then. What I'm going to do tomorrow is yes. I'm going to call Briar Greaves. Oh, good. Well, that's a little different than I thought you were going to go with that direction. But you need to call Briar Greaves tomorrow, Scott. You yes. should. And Matt, you're a renter. And John, well, yes. again, call him. Just say hi. hi. Just talk to him. All right. They're good. They're really good guys. See what he, you know what I like? see what he thinks he's going to win the game. That's right. See what he thinks he's going to yeah. win the game. And that's exactly it. Every time I go in to talk to these guys, we end up talking football for 30 minutes. You know, I mean, it's uh, yep. they're just good guys. And, and, and they're knowledgeable guys, not just about insurance, but football as well. Anyway, Bucks and Bears prediction time. Matthew Matera or Sneak Matera. We're going to let you go first. <laughs> sneak Matera. I like that. He looks like a sneak. Yeah, th- Thursday games are always so tough with, uh, you know, with practice, with it, with it being on being on a short week. You know, last week I said that the Bucks were going to uh, ride the defense on the way to victory, and it was the offense that took over and, and helped the Bucks win the game. I'm really interested to see uh, how they use Keyshawn Vaughn again in the backfield. I, I know we've talked about him a little bit, but uh, I think he could be an X-factor in the passing game again 
if one of the receivers can't go, because let's just say like Scotty Miller's out, you know, they're going to try to take out Mike Evans, double team him and Justin Watson, Tom Brady's two pick sixes this year were on out routes to Justin Watson. He's better going over the middle with the slant. So who's going to step up and be effective in the passing game in that kind of situation? I think it could be Keyshawn Vaughn. And for the defense, I, I think they're just they're Again, they're not going to let up the big plays that they did last time. They're going to stick to their keys. Uh, Nick Foles isn't the easiest guy to sack. He only got sacked once last week. He gets the ball out quick. But I'm expecting a rebound from the defense, and the Bucs are going to get out to a lead, and they're going to hold on to that lead. So I'm going to say 27 to 17, the Bucs win. All right. We're going to go now to uh, Rojo Reynolds. What's your pick, Rojo? Uh, Bucks 26, Bears 17. Um, is that I, why you were laughing at me? I was yes, like, Yes, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> If this is like the price is right, I guess I'm I'm going like a dollar under. Right? Well, you know me and John are going 25 and 24 then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm gonna, you're going to box me in, right? Yeah, so, exactly. No, I, I think that, that the the Bucks have been on an amazing scoring tear this year, and certainly they've got a bunch of weapons and a great quarterback to do so. But this week they're a little shorthanded and a little banged up. So I, I, I think that, that you're going to see the Buccaneers score under 30 points. And I think the Bears' defense is going to have something to do with that, too. I think I think Bradley Pinion is going to be used more this week than he was last week as a punter rather than just a kickoff guy. And uh, But I, I don't I don't think that, that the Bears can do much offensively uh, with, with Nick Foles at quarterback. And um, the matchup that, that I'm not worried about is, is Allen Robinson and, uh, and Carlton Davis. And speaking of matchups, I'm not doing an SR's Fab Five because we have a Thursday night game. So I've got the two-point conversion column coming out Friday. That'll kind of replace this week's Fab Five. But I will do the four matchups to watch, which is usually segment four, uh, Fab Four, if you will, in my Fab Five. So look for that tomorrow, along with our pewter predictions and preview. So that's going to be coming out tomorrow. Don't look for that on Friday, because the game will be over. So well, I'll, look I'll for those right. two things tomorrow. I'll be able to predict the score perfectly if we wait till Friday. Uh, I think we all will if we watch the mm. game and pay attention. So Taylor, Taylor would probably still miss it. Taylor, sorry, Taylor might miss it. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> so Bucks twenty six, Bears seventeen. More on uh, those matchups to watch in in our prediction uh, story tomorrow, and in my my four matchups story to watch. For all right, quickly, Shady Ledyard, what are you going to predict the score to be? Last week I said that the Bucks were going to lose on the podcast on Wednesday, yeah. and then yeah. by the time Sunday rolled around, the Chargers only had about – they literally were missing 10 of their 22 normal starters, and two more were playing hurt. And so it was just – I couldn't do it. Uh, and I switched back to the Bucks because there was just no way they should have lost the game. They almost proved me right and wrong, and then they did prove me right and wrong as well. But – I got the official prediction right on the site, but I got the prediction of the podcast wrong. I'm not changing it this week. No doubt about it. Bucks win this game. I don't think it's necessarily the most impressive win of the season. I think 23-13 is the score I'll go with. Um, you know, I think that there might be uh, at some point they're how productive they've been in the red zone. They're going to regress back to the mean a little bit and there'll be some field goals. You know, this would be a game where I think that can happen and they can still win. I think they can not be quite as sharp in the red zone uh, and they can still win uh, this game because defensively, I think the Bucs are going to come out very hungry, very aggressive. They're going to feel like with all the injuries on offense, it's going to be on their shoulders. I don't think this Bears offense is 
really ever been that close to firing on all cylinders under Matt Nagy, and I don't think they get it figured out this week. You know, they are 20th or lower in most major categories on offense, and I just don't see what's the identity. How are they going to establish anything to beat? What have they done consistently well? I just have not seen it so far. And and so because of that, I think even if the Bucks offense doesn't have everybody and hit some bumps in the road during this game, which they might because the Bears defense is good, I think they would really have to shoot themselves in the foot uh, to lose this one. Okay. Did Taylor, you say Matt Nagy? Matt Nagy. Say Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He's related to Adam Kaplan. Is this related to is this related to this comment from a reader that I wasn't maybe wasn't around here for this podcast? I remember listening to that podcast with the last time you guys. <laughs> tell me this story. Up. Tell me this story no, before we close no, it No, because out. we will start laughing so hard. <laughs> we will be able to Matt Nagy. If I, I, I remember Scott Reynolds and I lay, <laughs> laying in a hotel when room. Gets, in when he gets high pitch, that's when you know he's losing it. <laughs> Now, granted, we weren't in the same bed, but we were sharing a bed. And we, what? Whoa, whoa. Rewind that. Whoa. No, I said we that. weren't sharing a bed. We were in a okay. room in Mobile, Alabama, trying yeah. to save cost. We had separate yeah. beds. Uh, right. We pushed them together. But no, we, yeah, had, we, did we didn't push them we, together. We, we were socially distanced before socially distanced. That's was a, a fact. And there were ants all in my bed. We had to move to a different room. But I, anyway. That's a fact. That's the true story, but we started in with the with the Matt Nagy's and Adam Kaplan's, and and I literally fell off my bed onto the floor because I was laughing so hard, and it's, I I almost thought I was going to pass out. I couldn't breathe. So. That's when you broke we, your back. That's when you broke the vertebrae in your back. We we nailed it. Now we figured it, it out. Could be it. Yes, yes. Thank you. Now I can uh, file some sort of workman's comp claim. Thanks for mentioning yeah. that, Scott. Um, always always happy to help. Well, we'll call S. Uh, Haas Law, one of our other great sponsors on PeterReport.com. It's Scott anyway, Hass. Scott Hass. <laughs> He's related to Matt Nagy and Adam Gamblin. Um, I can't stop there. I'm not going to be able to finish. I literally have tears in my eyes. I can't see. It's blurry. Now we got to get right. his prediction. No. What's I didn't, your prediction? Bucks, Bucks win. Close game. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, in, in, in my MVP is going to be Cameron Braid. He's going to have a really big game because he's back home in Illinois, near Naperville, where he's from. Did you so, say uh, Cam? Cam, yeah, Cameron. Yeah, he's going to do real well. So, anyway, yeah, Bucks are going to win that game. It's going to be really, really close, way too close. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be like a, a 19 to 17 type game, 21 20, somewhere around there. I'll, I'll finalize my prediction before tomorrow uh, or later tonight when we get the prediction story up. Okay, well, we have made it through number two of these YouTube. Uh, podcast and we want people to go and subscribe we want to remind people to do that also listen if you'd like to become the title sponsor it is wide open right now and we are willing to make you one heck of a deal uh and and whether it's be a sponsor of the podcast or just an advertising partner with pewterreport.com give myself scott john matt anybody a shout any we'll 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 let anybody sell an ad right now if you'd like to. So anyway, give us a shout. Really, we can back up the numbers. Google Analytics uh, proved that we are setting records this year. We have um, we're on a tremendous pace 
for uh, for for a ton of numbers. I don't know if we want to throw those out there, but if you give us a call, we can show you exactly where we are and where we're headed. Thank you, Tom Brady. Thank you, Bruce Arians. Thank you, Byron Leftwich. Thank you. Uh, thank uh, you, three and one start. Yeah, thank you, three and one start. Something that we are not used to, that's for sure. Um, tomorrow, or actually on Thursday, I'll have my hook column, and I'm going. I'm already doing unit grades. I'm going to do like the MVP from each unit in that. So look forward to that on Thursday. Tomorrow is Wednesday, which will be behind enemy lines. Going to go a day later than normal because the Falcons played late last night, and I'm expecting Dan Quinn to be fired at any moment now. That was absolutely off the cuff. Yeah, Falcons <laughs> fans with the amen. Yeah, that's right. No, he's he's bad, really bad. Anyway, and Cutters fired and Raheem Morris. Oh, Where old Buccaneer coaches go to die. Who's going to be the interim head coach? Are they going to go with Raheem and his crappy defense, or are they going to go they with? Can't. Uh, I don't know, but I can't oh, wait for what wow. weeks fifteen and seventeen. Yeah, I'm yeah. Dirk Cutter returns to Tampa as uh, the Falcons' interim head coach. Yeah, fifty burger. Yeah. Oh God, and, and somehow yeah. he'll end up winning both of those games. No, he won't. Anyway, for John Ledyard, for Matt Matera, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Mark Cook. Saying we will see you. Uh, Friday, right, guys? Friday with another podcast because we're not going to stay up till two a.m. to do the podcast because no one will be listening then. But we'll we'll be uh, available on Friday and we will do another podcast here for the fellows. We will see you on Friday. Thanks for viewing and listening to the Pewter Report podcast. Out, out, out. Matt Nagy out.